Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. Rhea's manifesto. Let's do this. <laughs> and I'm here for spiritual backup. <laughs> Thanks. I remember we, before I met you, before we started learning the true nature of karma and mm. All the amazing lessons that we have learned and imparted through these podcasts and through our books. Yeah. I've always been yes. a dabbler. I've always been a spiritual <laughs> dabbler. And I remember one of the things that I found during all the dabbling was manifestation. There were some people out there who were teaching kind of more old school manifestation that I was aware of already. It's the secret. And I'll <laughs> never forget this example. It's the make your scale, say your dream weight, and every single day just get on it. And eventually you'll just become your dream weight. Like that was effectively <laughs> the secret. <laughs> the, that's, that's if I the, visualize it, it will happen. If I see myself driving a particular car, I'm going to get that car. And I thought, yeah. well, that's one way to approach it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exactly it, right? And it was this yeah. mishmash of gratitude, positive thinking, mm-hmm. yes, delusion, and <laughs> leaning into your ego until it becomes all there is. Oh, and obviously FOMO. Then I started finding different manifestation practices, which seemed to be more modern, more updated. And there were a couple of things that were always very clear in every single one I saw. Okay. It like something common? Something like some kind of common, common thread? Okay. The common thread. And we've all heard it, whether or not we want to call it manifestation or not. It's the list. It's the vision board. It's the demands, almost, that you're asking from the universe. Mm-hmm. So if you want to describe a perfect partner, you have to describe every single thing about them from what they look like to what they think like to what they act like to Their what shoe they smell size. like, you know, everything. And I remember like at one point sitting down going, okay, I'll do this. And I and I didn't quite know. So I remember just writing. Mentally, Sorry, can I just interrupt for just a second? I can only imagine how good you would have been at this list. Oh my God, wait a second, because I really decided to encapsulate it in this way. I wrote (laughs) mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically compatible with me in every way. And I figured, that pretty much covers everything. I, mean, I like your categories though. Thanks. But then there was also another one, which I mean, it was, it's been a source of like a lot of joy for my friends because I had it on my phone where it was like, must be between six to eight centimeters taller than me. Must be able to tan in the sun. Like, no, I made it into like a fucking like shopping, car shopping list, right? <laughs> I need satellite radio, <laughs> leather interior. <laughs> Heated seats, preferably vibrated wing, you know. (laughs) I mean, and if I'm going to be honest, Lost doesn't even describe where I was operating from in that. You know, as we were talking about in the last episode, when we're operating from our ego, it's very much the want. It's that I need this so I know that I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's, you're swimming. I mean, I'm swimming in your karma. You're swimming in your shit. You don't feel you're good enough. You think you're unlovable, let's say. And you're like, this. if this person appears at my door, then I know I'm loved because I'll be loved by the universe and then loved yeah. by them. And, and even if I'm not perfect. loved, I'm going to at least be assured that I'm good enough because somebody's decided that I'm good enough. Exactly. Because, okay, I'm good enough because they've given me this, right? And he's yeah. chosen me or whatever else. And even if I'm not loved on top of that, as well, uh-huh. I'll just trick myself into believing I am. 
Ah, yes. Because he matches everything on my list. So surely, if he matches everything on my list, then he must be perfect. I mean, and trust me, I've dated guys who match everything on my list. They were the ones least suited for me. I was going to say, how compatible were they in all those categories? You they were, mentioned? they were, they were not, they were not compatible. But, and it's funny that you say um, you use the word compatible because I think compatibility is such a, it's a subjective concept. Because yeah. often, who we think is compatible with us is again based on our ego, right? Yeah. And usually it's because that person agrees with us and does everything we want and makes it all about us and has no opinion except one that we share. And let me tell you, that also gets boring. It might not even be a partner, right? It could be, I did it for everything else. How much I wanted to make, how much what I wanted to look like, how many hours I wanted to work. I mean, I literally did it to the minutiae. But then two things I found came from this. I was obviously writing this list from a mind of, I'm not good enough. This is what I can ask for so that I know I am. So it wasn't all the time things I almost really, really wanted. Because I'd kind of stopped myself for going for writing the dream. I'd be almost, my list would be writing the achievable dream, if that makes sense. Okay. So mm. by the time it got to a point where I met someone, let's say, who matched this list, I'd already outgrown it. And then the second part that I found, even within the list, I was constantly moving it around and changing it around because I think some part of me always recognized that it wasn't necessarily about a list of things, but it was about how someone fit you. My mind didn't know what I wanted. So, Well, I think your mind thought it knew what it wanted. I mean, it it knew what it wanted to get out of a feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It did not know what it wanted to shine my light as bright as I possibly could. The mind thinks it knows what it wants or what we want because of FOMO, Mm. because of our egos, because we're wired to think that we want a lot of things that we actually don't want. And until we are out of our karma, until we've killed enough of our ego, we're sort of like constantly circling our karmic stories, convinced that these are all the things that we need to live a happy and fulfilling life. We also then believe if we don't check off every single thing on that list, we're settling. And so that word settling ends up having a connotation it doesn't actually mean. Because settling, Mm. in the true nature of what I believe settling is, is settling for a version of ourselves that is satiated by something external. I want to make sure that we don't confuse, or for any listener, we're not confusing trade-offs and settling with compromise. Mm. Because to me, compromise is what is essential to being able to coexist with another human being who has their own wants, their own desires, their own lives, right? Mm. And you want to have a partner, ideally, or be in any kind of relationship with somebody. And I don't just mean romantic, but I also mean friendships. And I also mean with anything we choose to engage in, it has to be able to have breathing room because our egos want to co-opt everything to make it suit us, to make it reflect back everything that allows us to look good when the ego has taken the reins and we're operating from a set of expectations that are there to make us feel better about ourselves rather than what we actually want Mm -hmm. we tend to project into the future i will be good when this happens i will be perfect when this happens i will know i'm loved when this happens and actually what actually tends to happen is one of two things one it does work out and we get what we thought we wanted and we're not any of the things we thought we'd be when this happens. 
Mm-hmm. And so it can be quite shattering. Or two, it doesn't work out at all. And we're left with a sense of hopelessness. I will never be these things because mm-hmm. this other thing has not come into my life. Yep. And because I've been telling myself this whole time, I will only be good when this happens. The fact that this hasn't happened, therefore means I will never be good enough. I will never be happy. And, no, and then that throws us back into a karmic loop. I'm not good enough. I can never be good enough. When you are in your karma, you really don't know what you want. You only think you know what you want. And what you want is merely a reaction to all the fear you're holding. It's all about what's going to serve my karma. It really goes to how well do you know yourself? We're gonna. This is the bit we're going to have to hammer home. Because the clearer you are about who you are, then you can become clear about what it is you really want. And when you really know what you want, and we always define want as heart's desires, is you when you really know what you desire, mm. and those desires really do stem from your purpose and the why you are here, mm. then you really don't need to hold on to any lists or any sort of imaginary wants, needs, etc. You're out of that. Because I think a part of me knew that I was powerful, as we all are, as every single person is, that we were all powerful, we are all here for a reason, and that reason is all very different, right? Yeah, and we all have that sense, yeah. Exactly. I just translated that into, oh, this is the power. This is what it's here for. And it just was not, it was just crossed wires, I think, really. Yeah, and this is how I tap into that power, right? What ended up happening is that, and I'm probably going to become very unpopular for saying this, is that manifestation almost became a tool for the powerless instead. Oh, yeah, Because it was like, I can't get what I want on my own. I can't achieve this relationship, this job, this career, this family dynamic, this bank account, this abundance, whatever it is on my own. So Mm -hmm. here is someone else giving me their rules to tell me how to get it. And so I'm going to follow them because I haven't found it on my own. When in fact, as we know, power... It comes from within. So if anyone else is telling you what to do, how to act, including us, including this podcast, and you feel that that goes against you in some way or reinforces that you are not good enough, that Mm -hmm. is not empowering. But no one and no system can be the conduit for our power. We're really not in a position to ever exercise our power if we follow someone else's rules to get there. It's our rules. And that's the whole point of 5D, right? That's the whole point of everything that, that we've been saying is that if our karma is there to show us where we are giving away our power. If we created our karma because we were so powerful, we made ourselves believe we were powerless. Mm -hmm. Following someone else's rules to discover that power isn't doing anything different than what we've done before. It's totally just still telling someone, tell me what to do so I know that I'm good enough and bestow this upon me as a prize for figuring it out. It doesn't work. Because that's what we're taught. That's what separation is. You are not good enough. You are separate from yourself, from your divine self and from your truth and from everything. And so in absence of oneness within oneself or in absence of oneself in general, we're looking for someone else to anchor into. It's just, just what we do. And that's why in 5D, manifestation as it's known and practiced, even in the most well-intended way, will lose almost all of its potency. How do we then co-create if it's not through manifestation? Manifestation and law of attraction quite basically existed in 3D because we needed a way to kind of be able to bridge the separation. 
So the neutral energy of law of attraction would allow us to attract what we would most want to need, which would be nearly impossible to get in separation, right? Because we cannot access our power. And that's why it was so helpful. And that's why it worked. But in 5D, when it's about oneness, where we are at one with ourselves and we are in our own power, manifestation and law of attraction as a tool becomes moot. In order for us to be able, and we like to use the term magic, which is an extension of our co-creative powers, we need to be able to come at it through our heart's desires. And that is because, bear with me for a moment, our hearts, which is our emotional body, right? We'll just kind of use the term emotional body, is our multidimensional portal. If it's a multidimensional portal, it means that we can access all different types of vibrations. And it is through those vibrations that we can then, oh my God, are we going to have to explain this? I'm so sorry. <laughs> my apologies in advance for this. It means then that we can access all the building blocks for all of creation, which exist in what we term the void, capital V. And when you can access that is when you can then pull whatever it is that you require to meet those desires. And that is actually what co-creation is. But in order to be able to do that, you have to know what is in your highest good. You have to know exactly what you require for your purpose or your mission and what will make your life sustainable. And that can only come when you truly know yourself and not the self that is defined by all these external circumstances. So the reason why we've been discussing 3D separation consciousness is because how much it has defined our lives. Go on. In separation, we only think we know what we want because that's what will make our lives bearable. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to live because a soul cannot live separate from itself. It must have complete freedom. So when it is free, it can finally exist in its true nature, which means it actually doesn't need all the things that it needed when it was in separation. But I don't always know what's in my highest good. Well, you know when you're in flow. In order to get to flow is when you can exist in a in the capacity where you hold a great deal of faith. That's where faith comes in. It's the, I know I need to do this. I know I want to do this. And I know that it's all going to work out. When we're in our karmic loops, everything is kind of filtered through our experiences and it skews our identity, right? Everything becomes about our ego identity. And our ego is there to protect us from having to realize that what we most fear is true, as we said. But when we are out of our karma, when we've sufficiently killed our ego and banished our fears by burning them out, is when we come into what is our true identity. And it's a self-actualized soul, which I would also term probably less for you, you know, you probably wouldn't call it that, but I call it the divine identity. When we are connected to our most divine self. And that's when we can enable the co-creative energy, which you like to call magic. And that's what we term to bring out of thin air. And we can begin with intention for sure. Some people, and everybody has a variety of gifts, everybody, everybody living and breathing can access something through their, their divine identity does express in very distinct ways through every individual. There are some who are just manifestors, and God bless you all. 
I kind of wish I could do that because I can't. <laughs> but my mom could and she tried to teach me and I was like, nope, either I got it or I don't. And that's not what I got. <laughs> so can I ask a question? This mm-hmm. divine identity that you talk about, mm-hmm. it, does that come when you are totally egoless, totally karmaless and totally fearless? Yes. In this case, you you have to be 100% out of your ego. And that's for everyone? Yes. So there were some people who won't be able to magic at all in their lives. Or do you? can you magic with still having some ego? No, you cannot. Okay, that's interesting. But there are know. people who will be very capable of it. We have a lot of faith that people are going to get there. Can I ask a question? Is it the bigger mm-hmm. the thing you ask for, the longer it takes? No, not necessarily. Okay. But remember, so one thing and one trick, I can't believe I get to talk about this now because like we've been sitting on this for seasons, after, you know, forever is in the void, you know, to be able to, because third dimensional reality is quite dense, right? Our physical reality is very dense. Mm. It does take time for things to actually come into reality, Mm. into our physical reality, right? Mm. So in that respect, yes, certain quote unquote big things can take time to appear in this physical realm because it does have to take form. But the thing is, and the reason why you need to be out of your karma and fearless and egoless is there's no karmic bypass. You cannot magic your way out of your shit. Because really all you're doing when you're using law of attraction and manifestation is you're just cycling in that karmic loop. You could be doing it from a somewhat higher vibration though. And how some people do manage to heal a little bit of their issue when they're doing some of the more contemporary manifestation work that does try to like go inside and figure out your shit kind of work. That's great. Um, yeah, that can kind of help heal some of the issues or get make them more approachable in that respect. But that's still not necessarily going to kill the karma. I mean, it's not. It just can't. So then yeah. what's the plus side of doing it in this lifetime? The plus side of figuring out your shit and coming into your divine identities, you can actually do it in this lifetime. We're doing it faster than we've ever been able to in other lifetimes. So you can actually reap the benefits of the work as opposed to just doing it and then dying. which is how love is often done right (laughs) yeah which i get that's quite cool right so instead of dying at 80 having just worked through your karma your whole life with pockets of joy you can work through it all and by like 35 be out of it and just co-create for the rest of your life anything you fucking your heart's desires i know isn't that pretty crazy But, but because no one's really been able to do that until this lifetime we don't even know what the fuck that looks like We can't look to other generations and think, I need to do what they're doing because no, there's three things we just need to do. And it just, first of all, it's, it takes complete honesty. And this is one of the things that I think I've always admired about you and appreciated because, and I think has been a credit to your work is how honest you are. I mean, it borders on verbal diarrhea, which is completely entertaining for me (laughs) and makes for a great podcast. (laughs) But the more honest you are, the greater capacity you have for healing because there's nothing left that's being swept under the rug or hiding in a corner to realize later. We're just so capable of denial because of shame, right? That we just don't often want to acknowledge the issues in front of us. And it takes time. As you know, issues have layers. So the issues you were willing to talk about and confront season one were just surface layers of what we ended up talking about in season three. But the more honest we become, the faster we'll be able to change. And that takes being responsible for what happens. So the second thing, <laughs> I just had major deja vu. 
It's confidence. And I swear to you, this is the thing that I think escapes a lot of people, especially younger generations. But it just means knowing that no matter what happens, it will get you where you need to go. Is that confidence? Yeah, that's their definition. Okay. Which I appreciate. And I do think that that's a way to distinguish it from the ego. It's a way to see it where it cannot be equated to arrogance. So the third one is persistence. And um, I think you got a lot of this. I've got a problem with this one. I know. (gasps) Do you know how many times I try to rewrite this? And then when I was in the car today, I was like, are we going to really say that? Was there no other word? And they are so fucking adamant. And so I'm going to have to be the one to say it. So, and I'm really sorry. I'm just going to preface this. I'm not allowed to preface it. Okay, fine. So the third one is persistence. And they're very, very clear that specifically millennials are a generation of quitters. And the point is, and we're going to explain this, Rhea, and we are very clear about this word. Just hang in there with us. We're not here to be saved. We have to keep pushing through any obstacle to get to where we want to go. And the reason they were explaining that millennials especially are sort of quitting on themselves is they haven't gotten where they needed to go. They haven't really done what they needed to do. And it's understandable when you are growing up in separation, things can seem really challenging and difficult. But we will say the majority of millennials have given up. They've caved. So what do they do now then? Start picking up the slack. Gen Zers have a lot on their plate because millennials shoved it on them. And so what you're going to see as a result are Gen Zers becoming extremely hostile and harsh because millennials did not own their power when they needed to. They got too comfortable in separation. If we're going to explain what millennials really need to do, they need to start to own their shit. They need to take more responsibility for their lives and they need to get into their purpose. Of course, we understand when you are mired and buried in your shit, it can feel almost impossible. And that's effectively the issue, is how impossible it all seems. So how do we move forward? Persistence. Stop thinking that you know what you want based on what you thought you wanted. It really is time to move forward and to not carry the past with you. And you know this very well, Rhea, but most people don't yet. They're so locked in a desire to keep their lives small and safe. But as you know... Until you make the choice, you will never be truly safe and you will never discover how powerful you really are. So effectively, what we want and what we hope for people is to really get to their fate. And as we've said, you can't get to your fate if you're really locked in your karma. Your karma could help steer you toward it, right? But until you transcend it, your fate just kind of remains this you know, distant canvas that you're trying to understand and traverse. So because the roadmap to our lives is written in our fate. And we can never access the full picture when we were in 3D separation. So, and really, and this is, I think this is why they mentioned millennials just before this is, you know, life can never be what we thought it was. Life can never be what we perceived it to be. And we can't keep trying to recreate it in just different ways. All we can really do, as you can attest to, is just go inside and heal your shit. Gen Zers will be carrying the weight of what the world is to look like, and they will be the ones to make it happen. But it will be a much more tumultuous road if millennials can't step up and support them. It's about making sure that your shit isn't being flung out into the world. That's really effectively what's happening. Mm-hmm. That rather than healing their shit, you're just kind of putting it out there. Well, it makes sense because mm-hmm. the more in pain you are, 
the more you're operating from your ego, the more you're hurting other people with that ego. Mm -hmm. And the more you're just compounding other people's shit and your own shit. So in order to stop the cycle, it does start within us, just like we are the ones to physically bring 5D through us because we start acting like it's 5D and becomes real. It's the same thing with our shit. Unless we heal our shit, we're just putting it onto other people. And then we're teaching our children that that shit is actually real. And we're just keeping separation alive when we don't need to. So yeah, heal your shit, heal the separation within yourself, and then you can heal your separation outside of yourself. And then you can magic something. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.